Hey guys, it's Mac and you're listening to the In My Feels podcast series. We are so excited you're here. If you're looking to get even more out of this series, be sure to grab the In My Feels Bible study book available at both forthegirl.com and lifeway.com slash in my feels. This study is what this podcast series is all about. In this study, you'll be able to dig into scripture to understand the heart of God in each and every one of these eight core feelings and even begin to implement these things into your everyday spiritual journeys. Trust me, you are not going to want to miss this Bible study. So grab a copy and let's get into the episode. Hey girl, you're listening to the For The Girl podcast, the podcast designed for you. Join Mac and Ken's as they cover all the hard topics for real life girls trying to love Jesus. Get ready for encouragement, truth, and let's be real, a little bit of a hot mess. Is it just me or are Mac and Ken's your new best friends? Let's get into the episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to session five of our In My Feels study. Oh my goodness, today we are jumping into the feeling of fear. We were over halfway through. We've already talked through four core emotions and now we're on fear. Getting a little scary today. Yeah, now it's our spooky season episode, essentially. <laughs> oh my gosh, if only it was Halloween. <laughs> Maybe it is. Maybe it's cl- It could be when you're listening to this. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Oh, wow. Well, we're excited to dig into the feeling of fear. But before we do that, we got to open it up with our icebreaker, our group question. And this week, the question was, when you were a child, what was the thing that you were most afraid of? Oh, man. <laughs> do you have yours? Yeah, I think I have mine. To be honest, I'll brag for a second. Yeah, I'll probably brag. Yeah, which is probably on this sour side we'll talk about that later but I was I'm pretty fear I was pretty fearless as a kid but more so when it came to like activities like I was the kid that was willing to jump off the tall cliff at the lake or was yeah. going on the craziest roller coaster and yeah I'm pretty much cool like that if I have a child that is really nervous about everything I'm gonna be like come on girl get it together you're gonna scar them by forcing things <laughs> i know i really it, might it's funny because as a kid i was pretty fearless too like my dad always says he's like mac would ride anything she would do anything i think it's just because i had older brothers who forced me to do everything yeah but uh, i did have a major fear as a child that has continued on into my adulthood oh my gosh okay what is it snakes Ew, I agree. literally I am not even, I'm not kidding. I can't even look at a snake. I can't even look at a snake. Seriously? Tyler told me the other day he thinks he saw a snake in our garage and I will never go in that garage again. I never want. I refuse. I just, I cannot do snakes. I think they're the creepiest thing on the planet. I will never touch one. I will never get within 20 feet of one. If you told me there's a snake outside right now, I would just stay inside for the rest of my life. Even though I know there are snakes outside, I like to live in my bliss of not seeing them. That's really funny. The thing is, is you know, so many snakes are harmless, you know? But even still, I... I, Ooh, I agree. I mean... They creep me out so much. And I will tell you the amount of times, every time I walk out of my house to take my dog out, 
I consider snakes. I look around. (laughs) I am kind of crazy. I'm always alert about if there's a snake in the premises. That is really funny. Well, growing up in California, there was rattlesnakes, which you'd be especially afraid of. Oh, yes. You told us that story. Yeah. Uh, Was it last week? I don't know. The dog. (laughs) Yes, the dog. They're like, they're deadly. Ooh, I hate them. They sneak uh, up on you too. Okay, that's a really good one. I think for me, if I was afraid of anything, it was definitely burglars. Like me and my little sister, actually, we slept in the same bed. We had our own rooms, but we decided to sleep in the same bed all the way up to high school, all the way until we left for college. We slept in the same bed because we were both afraid of getting kidnapped. So, <laughs> oh my goodness, that's hilarious. No, that's such a real thing. Oh, yeah. Actually, Ken's and I lived together in college. And our entire house would make me, anytime there was like a knock on the door, they would all run up to the third floor and make me open the door. Yeah. Max fearless in that way. I feel like you're yeah. like, whatever, I'll take him down. I'll take him down. I'll, I'll kill totally. it behind it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I'm excited to talk about fear today. And we're going to get a little bit more serious, of course, but. Yeah, fear, as we just talked about, it comes in all different shapes and sizes. Truly, when I was thinking about this episode, the first thing that came to my mind was standing on top of a cliff. I don't know about you. I'm super afraid of heights, especially now in my adulthood. Maybe as a kid, I was more okay to sprain my back. But now I'm like, please, Lord, no, don't make me jump off a cliff. But anyways, I feel like I found myself standing at the top of a cliff, looking down like at the water with a bunch of people staring at me, that's cheering me on. You can do it. You can jump, jump, jump. (laughs) And you're literally so scared. Your heart is racing and you're almost physically sick. That defines fear to me. But also fear is what you experience when maybe like somebody in your family or somebody you love got super sick and you're afraid Mm -hmm. of what it might turn out to be. It's those long days and weeks just waiting to get those results back. And you feel like you almost can't control the scary, irrational thoughts that are going through your head. It's the feeling you experience when you're a kid, those monsters, those burglars under your bed, or maybe as an adult now, it's the scary dreams that you have and you're convinced that somebody broke into your house. I don't know about you, but that one happens to me a lot that Fear, it has this way of controlling us. It it builds walls in our hearts to protect us from getting hurt. It's the result of a hard, hardened heart and often causes us to become nearly emotionless as we mm. take back that control and it takes away our trust and creates a self-sufficiency, even this impulsive mentality, and it can get sour really quick, really quickly. But I want to know from you, Mac, how have you maybe experienced fear in a, in a more serious way these days? How has fear been just showing yeah. up in your life? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I was sitting there thinking, I'm really not afraid of much. I'm not afraid to be by myself or even noises at night. That kind of stuff doesn't really freak me out. But let me tell you, I have a massive fear of rejection. (laughs) And I, I remember it really vividly in my single season too. Like just, you know, I had a deep desire to have a relationship, but at the same time, I was definitely afraid of putting myself out there and And finding out that someone didn't like me or someone didn't want to be with me or someone saw who I really was and suddenly they were out. And so what I saw is I would just often shut off my heart and I would 
guard my heart and I would protect myself as a way to try to control things. But if anything, it only made the fear grow. (laughs) Because the problem is when you don't face your fears, when you don't come face to face with them, they take on a whole other narrative and a whole other story of their own. And it's almost like the longer that you avoid that fear, the more afraid you get of it. Mm. And in moments where I actually have come face to face with rejection and have actually had to experience it, every time I think to myself, wow, that wasn't as bad as I had made it out to be in my mm. head. And I think no matter what you fear, if it's if it's rejection, if, it, if it's failure, if it's being left out, if it's not being liked, whatever it is, those kind of emotional, internal, mental fears that we have, there's something I think that does really happen that's really beautiful when we come face to face with them and we let God be who he says he is. But... How often do we (laughs) do what I do, which is just put up the walls and handle it on our own? Yeah, and try to take back that control and, yeah, block anything else out and even block the Lord out in the process. That's so relatable. I think the fear of rejection is maybe one of the most prevalent when it comes to a lot of single women and their journey to to find love. It's just so real. In this week's study, we actually looked at this moment in scripture that I feel like shared a lot about fear and really defined it for me or gave me a really good example of it. And it's this moment when Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, tries to walk on water. And I love the story so much. And I love Peter himself. So any moment that I read about him in scripture, I'm totally obsessed. But basically all of his disciples are out fishing and Jesus comes to meet them and he shows up on the water. He's standing there a few feet away from the boat. And Peter, being the angsty person that he is, he decides he's going to go walk on the water towards him. And there's a storm out, too. So he gets out of the boat. He takes his first step. His eyes are locked on Jesus. And then he gets a little bit nervous, and he looks away from Jesus for just a second and starts looking at these waves, and he starts to sink. That's when the fear kicked in when he took his eyes off of Jesus and was like, holy moly, I might die. And we experience, and he experienced what we're talking about today, which is fear. And I think this is interesting. The Greek word for fear is phobeo, which means to flee or to put up a fight. And when we're afraid, this is exactly what we do. We emotionally flee. We disconnect ourselves from Jesus and try to control the situation ourselves Our fear, it innately tells us that we have to take control of a life in which we will never be able to control, which sends us into the sour side, which is a downward spiral of a thing we like to call anxiety. And that is the sour side that we're going to be talking about today. And sadly, I feel like this has become one of the most well-known and normalized emotions right now. Feels like almost everyone tends to get anxious and sometimes even defines themselves by their anxiety. In fact, actually, it's interesting. One of our most listened to podcasts of like our 100 and something episodes is an episode we recorded for the girl who's struggling with anxiety, which I feel like is just so real and so 
yeah. true and prevalent right now. And just to make sure you understand kind of what anxiety is and how it develops, typically when we're afraid, like I said, we try to take control or we frantically manage what's happening. But because so much is out of our control, aka we're not in control, like we just talked about, this turns into anxiety. It's an emotional, spiritual, and quickly even physical spiral. If you've ever experienced anxiety, you know what it feels like. It's your heart racing, your breathing becomes difficult, your chest tightens, and you almost like feel feverish at times. It's often heard that anxiety feels like this big elephant that's just sitting on your chest and it almost debilitates you. And this is so real. There's no getting around that. But anxiety, it's more than just physical. It's actually really deeply spiritual too, because when we're anxious, we convince ourselves that we don't need anyone's help, especially not God's help. So not only are we like, hey, yo, friends, hey, mom, hey, dad, nobody help me. I can do this on my own. I'm going to be okay. It also, you're also blocking out the voice of God in your life. And it's in our anxiety that we truly can't feel him or we can't see him, which makes things even more scary. We try to control our own future and attempt to protect ourselves from our past or any unknowns. And when we have these really crazy, scary, irrational thoughts that cross our mind, we just start to take back control and we start texting, calling. I've been in this place before where you're just making sure that everyone is in your reach and under your control and it just doesn't lead to any good. And gosh, I I feel this to be true in my own life. I mentioned so many stories throughout the study. There's so many times where I find myself in this boat where I'm like, okay, how can I make sure my sister in New York City is safe? I'm going to text her. I'm going to like have sleep with my phone right next to my bed. But really, there's nothing I'm going to be able to do. Rather, I just need to, I need to trust. I need to go to the God and just be like, hey, Lord, I'm really anxious about this right now. Like, this is really tough for me right now. I have a lot of fear around this right now. Can you show me how you're working in the midst of it? And honestly, it's through this, it's through digging in and asking God to rebuild your faith that you're going to be rejuvenated again, or you'll find him once again. Oh my goodness. It's just so true. All of the moments when I think back on my life, when I felt those anxious feelings, when I felt those feelings of my pulse quickening, my palms sweating, just not being able to breathe normally, there usually was some great big fear that I was running away from. And I, and I think the thing is when we feel that fear, we immediately try to wish it away. And that's when anxiety starts to pop in. But I think there's something underneath that fear that if we pay attention to and we really start to discern with the Lord, it can actually be the key to unlocking our greatest strength and maybe even our greatest calling. You know, all throughout the Psalms and the Proverbs, you read scriptures over and over again that sound like this. They say, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his instructions have good insight. His praise endures forever. That's Psalm 111, 10. Or Proverbs 1, 7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. And I want you to notice kind of that positive spin on fear here. Fear of the Lord is actually the beginning of wisdom. 
So fear, when we put our fear in the right place, when we, when we fear the vastness, the greatness of who God is, it can actually lead to life, to contentment, to protection and confidence. And you see, without true fear, there is no true faith. Fear is actually so cool because it recognizes that we as human beings, we actually have limitations. Ken's like you said, you can't go rescue your sister in New York City when you're in Nashville. <laughs> you can't do anything yeah. for her when she's walking home late at night. You have limitations and you are in need of a deeply loving, forgiving, protecting, and saving God. And that's beautiful because fear is what ultimately allows us to admit our weaknesses, to actually cry out to God for help and allow him to be the one that leads us in wisdom and provide for us in ways that we could never in a million years provide for ourselves or for the people that we love. And that's the beautiful invitation underneath fear. It is faith. Faith, a deeper faith, trust, and dependence on God that can only be uncovered in the face of very real danger. And I love the story of Esther, the book of Esther, because I think it beautifully depicts the invitation that we all have in fear. We dive into this story more in the In My Feels study, but the story of Esther, it feels a little bit more like a soap opera than a Bible story. Like It is <laughs> wild what happens. But essentially, Esther was a Jewish woman who entered into this beauty pageant and won the heart of the king of Persia. And they get married, but Haman, who was the king's evil advisor, he didn't like the Jewish people. So he convinced the king to issue this royal decree to destroy all of Esther's people. And Mordecai, Esther's cousin, knew that Esther was the only one who had the power to influence the king to stop this decree. And so he tries convincing her to go and plead the case of her people before the king in an attempt to save the Jewish people. But Esther, Esther knew that she was standing in the face of very real danger. What Mordecai was asking her to do, it was so risky. Everyone knew that if you approach the king without being summoned, you could actually be put to sudden death. But on the other hand, the extinction of her people, the pain of her people was a very real possibility. And what if the king or Haman eventually found out about her true identity as a Jewish woman? And so I'm sure that this fear was just beginning to bubble up inside of Esther. We all know it. Fear that she would disappoint her people fear that she would be physically harmed and fear that she didn't have what it took to get that job done. But Mordecai, knowing that in this moment, fear was unavoidable for Esther. There was no way of getting around the fear. He speaks these really powerful words that we all know and love that mark this change in her spirit. He says, if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will come to the Jewish people from another place, but you and your father's family will be destroyed. And then he says this, who knows, perhaps you have come to your royal position for such a time as this, for such a time as this. You see, sometimes it's in those moments when we come toe to toe with danger, when we're almost overwhelmed by fear that I think we can actually begin to see our deepest calling, our deepest passions, or our God-given purposes come into picture. It's the moment when getting rid of fear and, and stepping back into your comfort zone almost stops being an option. When all you have to do, when all you can think to do is depend upon faith, 
in our good God who is always in charge, who is working in love and who is on on duty, on watch for you. And so I think this is just the cool invitation that God is inviting us into when we face fear. So when you feel fear start to overcome you, rather than moving towards anxiety, rather than moving towards control, rather than trying to stop the fear, would you instead let the fear build your faith in him? Build your faith, not on your circumstances, but based upon the character of who God is, how he shows us time and time and again in scripture, how he provides, how he shows up, how he rescues his people. And what's beautiful about fear is that if we use it well, if we respond well in fear, it actually can become the antidote to worry and anxiety. And how crazy is that? Like, because anxiety convinces you that you need to take back control. Fear can build faith that gives you the trust to actually relinquish control to the creator of the universe, to God himself, who knows you by name and numbers every hair on your head. And when we trust, when we have the type of faith that we can trust, no matter our circumstance, no matter what's happening around us, that gives us this kind of crazy peace, (laughs) that shalom, that peace where we can trust God. And even when fear is surrounding us, even when danger is surrounding us, we can have that crazy type of Holy Spirit led trust and peace in the midst of it. And that is the gift of fear. Mm -hmm. It's faith. It's building our faith in the character of who our God is. And I don't know, it just gets me excited. The next time that I'm afraid of rejection, the next time that I'm afraid of, of disappointing people, the next time I'm afraid of not being enough, I want to be compelled to grow my faith in that moment. And I just think it's such a cool invitation from God. Yes, I totally agree. And what I love most about it is it actually can be so tangible. I think sometimes we're like, oh, just have faith, you know, and fear comes in, just believe. But I really think about what we see from the scripture story even. And as I read the study, I was like, wait, oh, no, wait. This can be actually really tangible. Like I can raise my hand in worship. I can go on a walk, express all my fears to the Lord, and then listen for his voice. I can get on my knees in a quiet place and be reminded of the character of God. This can be really tangible. And I would encourage you all to, to make it that in your life, not just this in the clouds crazy thing, but really step into it, really activate this in your life. And I think you'll see God show up in, in really, really cool cool ways. And speaking of tangibles, I'm excited to hear this week's practicals from Donna Durham, our feelings expert, because I think we all really need them here. So take it away, Donna. (laughs) Hey guys, Donna here to talk more about afraid. Fear is one of the easiest feelings to recognize, and it may be the most uncomfortable. Our bodies are really good at alerting us to being afraid. Like Mac and Ken's mentioned earlier, it's the feeling you get when your heart beats faster, the hair on the back of your neck stands up, you breathe differently, your thoughts speed up. All of this happens in order to signal us to move to safety. Today, I'm going to give you some tools to use when you need to help your body calm down. Like if you're having a panic attack, or you're about to take a test, or you're driving and you feel anxious. We are going to talk about breathing, exercise, and mindfulness. Breathing. 
Remember to focus on your breathing when you are afraid. When you take a deep breath, you're telling your body, I am giving you what you need right now. Breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. Practice breathing in while you mentally count to four. Then exhale while you count to five. Do this several times until you notice your body feeling calmer. Next, push your feet into the floor and think to yourself, the floor is strong enough to hold me. This will help ground you in the present moment. You can do this when you go to the dentist, when you're nervous about meeting new people, or before you have a hard conversation. Exercise. If you are in a season when you're experiencing a lot of fear, it is really important to be intentional about exercise and moving your body. Fear makes our muscles tense and trauma gets stored in our bodies. So by going on walks, running, stretching, lifting weights, you can help your body release some of the tension your body is carrying. Practice mindfulness. On day three of Afraid, Mac talks about a friend who experienced feeling afraid even when she was not in current danger. Practicing mindfulness is a way to help soothe your brain in those kinds of moments. So I'm going to lead you through a mindfulness practice. First, have a seat. Take a deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth. Imagine that you are exhaling all the thoughts you don't need for the next few minutes. Good job. Now, imagine you are walking on a path. And as you are walking on this path, you notice this is your favorite weather. What is your favorite weather? Is it warm and sunny? Is it cloudy and windy? Is it snowy? Where is the path? Is the path in the woods? Is it by a lake? On the beach? In the mountains? For a few seconds, allow yourself to enjoy the weather and the space that you are in. Now, keep walking on the path. As you walk, you notice this path is taking you to the place where you feel safest in the world. It can be real or it can be imaginary. Where is it? Is it a grandparent's house? Is it a porch that overlooks some beauty? Maybe it's your own bed. Allow yourself to enjoy being in that space. Now, if it feels safe for you, invite Jesus into this space. Look at his face. What is his face communicating to you? Allow yourself to bask in his love. Stay in this space with Jesus. When you feel more connected and more loved, Take another couple of deep breaths and come back to the room. Now, you have some new tools to help you when you feel afraid. When you use these tools, you're helping your brain shift from feeling afraid to feeling comforted.
Wow, we have loved getting in our feels with you guys. I hope you've loved it too. Continue following along throughout the week because we are posting on Instagram and on TikTok. You'll get a little inside scoop of our lives and so much more. We'll see you next week. I hope you have a great rest of your week.